Good evening. Good morning. It's 1049. Today is March. Let me get my lighting back up, guys. Hold on. Wait a minute. Let's put some light in it, okay? Hold on. Hold on. Hold on. Something's going wrong. Okay. 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 You guys, this is Dr. Pearlie Martin. I'm on my podcast also with Biblical Principles for Inner Healing. And we're getting ready to get going with First Peter. First Peter chapter 2. We read one earlier this morning. You guys got to go back and listen to it. I promise you, you have never heard it read like this before. As we're reading the word. Listen for your rhema word because God wants to give us a word from his word. Let's start. Father, we just thank you for being here in the midst of us, for being amongst us, Lord God. We ask that you fill us with your spiritual wisdom, your knowledge, and all of your understanding as we venture into your word, hungering and thirsting after righteousness. We're not reading to be religious. We're reading, Father, because we're seeking. We're seeking. You said you reward those who diligently seek after you, Lord God. Thank you for a rhyme of words. Thank you for giving us ears to hear, eyes to see, and a heart to receive what the Spirit of the Lord is saying to us. Just saying, Lord, anoint my lips of clay. Speak to me. I yield my members to you. And I say, Lord, use me. However, you see it. In Jesus' name, I pray. Amen, amen, amen. Guys, we're getting ready to crank it up. We're getting ready to start like right now. First Peter chapter 2, New Living Translation Version, the NLT, okay? So here we go, here we go. Let's jump in. Here we go, God. It says, so get rid of all evil behavior. Okay, this is what he's saying. He said, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. This is what he's telling us, you guys. He's talking to us, the church. He said, get rid of all evil behavior. He's he's telling us. He said, you need to be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy, and all unkind speech. You know, the Bible said, let no corrupt communication proceed out of our mouth, right? And and Colossians told us about filthy language. Let's not let any filthy language come out of our mouth because we're living holy. We're going to be ye holy as he is holy because holiness, remember, is our lifestyle, not our dress size, not our shoe size, okay? It's It's a matter of the heart. It's what's going on. Because what's on the inside will come up through the outside. Verse 2, 1 Peter chapter 2 and 2. He says, like newborn babies, you must crave pure, pure, pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. So we can grow in the Lord. We need to... Uh, a desire, the sincere milk of the word. He tells us, he says, cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. Lord, we're crying out. We taste and see. 
We're tasting and seeing that the Lord is good. I don't know about you, but my saliva glands are running. I am hungry, 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 and thirsting after the Word of God, the will of God, the way of God. Here I am, Lord. Teach us. Teach me, Lord. Okay, so we're going on to 1 Peter 2. And four, it's entitled Living Stones for God's House. That's the little subtitle. It says, you are coming to Christ, who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He is the chief cornerstone. He was rejected by people. Hold on, you guys. Listen up. Listen up. He was rejected by people. Jesus was rejected by people. So if Jesus himself was rejected by people, what's our problem? Okay, but he was chosen. Guess what? But he was chosen by God for great honor. I believe one translation say he was rejected by people, but chosen by God. Isn't that what he said? And when you're rejected by people, guess what? You're still chosen by God. Remember, those who choose to live for Christ, the word of God tells us we're going to suffer persecution. So arm yourself likewise, that the same way he suffered and he was persecuted, likewise, we too will be suffer, will suffer. We're his children and the devil hates our guts. That's good news. It, the Bible says that when we're suffering for righteousness sake, that we need to rejoice because that means, guess what that means? It means that the glory of the Lord is resting upon us. He said, let us not um, suffer as being a busybody or a meddler in someone else's business. Let's not suffer for doing wrong because God doesn't get any glory out of that. But when we're suffering for doing the right thing, he said that we are to rejoice because that means that the glory of the Lord is resting upon us. Thank you, Lord. So being rejected by people don't mean you're rejected by God. Being rejected, we come against that spirit of rejection. I got some good news. You're not the black sheep and you're not an outcast. If you're being rejected by people, remember that you're still chosen by God. What a great honor to be chosen by God, right? Before the foundations of the world, he knew you. Before he knitted you together in your mother's womb, the Bible, the word tells us that God knew me, that God knew you. So what matter? It doesn't matter if you're rejected by people. As long as you know that you've been chosen by God, guess what? You can be delivered from the people. And just go on and run and be a servant of the Lord. Say what he say. Do what he say. Be where he say. Go where he say. Lord, glory, hallelujah. First Peter, um, second chapter, verse five. And he says, and you are a living stone that God is building into his spiritual temple. You know that our body is the temple of the Holy Ghost. The spirit of the living God lives on the inside of us. It says, what more? You are his holy priest. We're his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, we was made holy as holy priests. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ. You offer spiritual sacrifices that please God 
As the scripture says, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor. And anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Whoever put their trust in the Lord, you will not be made ashamed. But he says, what more? You are his holy priest. And we're his priest through the mediation. Because through Christ, we're the priest here on earth. Then we got Christ. You offer spiritual sacrifices that please the God. Spiritual sacrifices. Spiritual sacrifices. Listen. He says that whoever, anyone who trusts in him. 1 Peter 6. When we trust in him. He said he's not going to cause us to be disgraced. He's not going to cause us to be ashamed. When whoever, when we put our trust. Why is this? Because that's his reputation on the line. Guess what? When we say what he say, we'll see what he say. That's God's reputation. It's not for us to make good on God's word. That's for God to make good on his word. He said that. If you if you tell me to tell someone something and I go and tell them, guess what? It's not for me to make good on your word. It's for you to make good on your word. That was your word. I was just repeating what you said, right? I was just the messenger, the mailman. I was just delaying and distributing the message. God said he'll never cause you to be ashamed. He'll never trust the Lord, have faith in the Lord. Relationship, you say that's easy to say. The reason I say that's easy to say is because I have a relationship. It's when we have a relationship with the Lord. It's hard to trust someone you don't know. So we have to develop that love relationship. I'm not talking about law. Our obedience to God, word, come out of our relationship, our love relationship. It's all about relationship, 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 right? First Peter 2 and 7, he says, yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, talking about Jesus Christ. Those who reject Jesus Christ, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. Now Jesus Christ is the chief cornerstone and he is the stone that makes people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. You got to come through Jesus Christ. We cannot reject Jesus Christ. We have to acknowledge him. He is the way. He is the truth. And he, yes, he is the life. He is the only way. And when we come any other way, we are a thief and a robber. We cannot bypass him. We cannot bypass him. First Peter 2. He said they stumble because they do not obey. First Peter 8. He is the stone that makes people stumble. The rock that makes them fall. He said they stumble because they do not obey God's word. And so they meet the fate that was planned for them. How many of you know that the devil has a plan for us? And when we don't obey God's word, we meet the fate that the devil has planned for us. What is the devil's plan? The devil's mode of operation is three things. And Jesus tells us this in John 10, 10. Jesus said, I am the good shepherd and I come that you might have life and life more abundantly. He said, but it's the thief who cometh not, but to steal, to kill and destroy. And he said it in that, air, in that order. 
And what is it the devil wants to steal? The devil wants to steal the word of God from our heart because that's our weapon, right? Because if he can steal the word of God, he steals our faith, right? If he can steal our faith, he kills our hope. And if he can kill our hope, he can destroy our, our faith. He can destroy whatever it is that we're hoping for. Remember, faith is the substance of things hoped for, the evidence of things not seen. So if he can steal our faith, he can kill our hope. If he can kill our hope, because faith is the substance of things hoped for, he going to destroy our vision. Because without hope, you got to be hoping for something, Right? You got to have faith in something, to hope in something, to have a vision for something. The devil wants to steal the word. Matthew 13, the parable of the sower. Go back and read it. The devil comes to steal the word because that is our weapon of warfare. If he can steal the word, he can, he can, uh, he can, he can destroy our family. He can still, you know, because he's coming for the word. This is a spiritual battle. The word of God is the sword of the spirit. The word of God is our weapon of warfare. This is why he wants us to be so distracted that we don't have time for the word. He wants us to live in a a war, a a world that's filled, a war zone world without a weapon. We are in a war. This is like Ukraine. Ukraine is in a war, but they got weapons. This is like being in a war with no weapon when we don't know how to rightfully divide the word, when we don't spend time with the word. We are in, listen, I am declaring to you that we are in a word war. Jesus told the devil, he said, it's written when the devil came with his lying words, Jesus came with a truth, with the sword of the spirit, which is the word of God. The word of God is our weapon of warfare. Do you have a weapon during this war time? Because we, the devil has declared war. We are in a war, whether you realize it or not. Ephesians 6 and 12 reminds us we're wrestling not against flesh and blood. We are in a war. First Peter 10 and 11. It says, dear friends, dear friends, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents. I like that. <laughs> this is the NLT translation, the New Living Translation. I like this. You know, we're sojourners. You know, this world is not our own, right? You know, this is not our final destination. We're just sojourners. We're passing through right? This world is not our home. This is our temporary residence because, you know, when we leave this side as believers, we're going to the other side. You know, we're going to go and be with our Abba Father and our the Son, Jesus Christ. You know, the, we're temporary. We, this is just a temporary. We're just here temporary, okay? We're temporary residents and we're foreigners or sojourners to keep away He said, dear friends, I warn you as temporary residents and foreigners to keep away from worldly desires that wage war against your soul. The flesh and the spirit are in. It's a war between the flesh and the spirit. But guess what? Romans tells us that if we walk in the spirit Guess what'll happen? We won't fulfill the lust of the flesh. It's not a sin to be tempted. 
It's a sin to sin. All right. Temptation comes when we're drawn away by our own evil desires. Right. And then we, we give into it. Then we uh, then we uh, sin is, is born. Right. But as we remember our obedience to God, our obedience to God comes out of our love relationship with God. It's not about keeping the laws. Not OK, I'm not going to I'm going to try not to cuss today. OK, I'm going to try not to do this today. I'm going to try. No, no, no. That's the law. That's not what we're talking. We don't we didn't come to do away with the law. Jesus came to fulfill the law. Love is the fulfillment of the law. And when we walk in love, we automatically fulfill the law because love is opposite to evil, right? When you love, you're not going to lie, cheat, steal, kill. Love is the fulfillment of the law. So when we walk in love, our goal is God. Our goal is developing that love relationship with the Lord Jesus Christ because our obedience to God comes out of our reverence, our respect, our fear of the Lord. The fear of the Lord is to hate evil. The more we learn to respect God, guess what's going to happen? The more we're going to hate evil. So let's spend time developing. We have to spend time in the word because when we're spending time in the word, we're spending time with God. When we say we don't have time for the word, we're saying we don't have time for God. In the beginning was the word. The word was with God. The word was God. And the word is God. The word and God, God and his word is one, right? And the word was even made flesh. And, and he came down and dwelt among men, right? God and his word is one. God and his word is one. So when we're spending time with the, in the word, we're spending time with God. Okay. First Peter 2 and 12. This is what it says. This is what it says. It says, be careful to live properly among your unbelieving neighbors. Then even if they accuse you of doing wrong, they will see your honorable behavior. And they will give honor to God when he judges the world. We want to be careful how we live amongst the world. Remember, he tells us, he said that we're the salt of the earth, right? He tells us, he said, let your light so shine upon men that they will see your good deeds. These are works. These are actions. Our behaviors are actions, right? And your, your father, which is in heaven, will be glorified. Our light is our lifestyle. Live out loud for Christ. Let your light so shine. Let your lifestyle, our lifestyle, actions really do speak louder than words. Because sometimes people can't hear us because they see us. And our lifestyle is not matching with what we're saying. Glory, hallelujah, Jesus. So let's just go on down and see what he's saying. Let's see what he's saying. Okay, so then even, okay, so we're on 1 Peter 13 NLT. I pray you guys get your Bibles and go back and read it. Taste and see for yourself. Because I'm telling you, my saliva glands are running. We got to taste and see for ourselves that the Lord is good. Guess what happens? When we lose our hunger for the word of God, that's because our we're desiring after the things of this world. Chasing after the W-O-L-D causes us to lose our hunger for the W-O-R-D. So he tells us in John, he say, love not the world, 
nor the things that are in this world, because when we love the world, the love of the Father is not in us. What is the love of the world? The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life. So when we begin to lust after the things of this world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, uh, that's what happened to Eve, right? She saw she saw that the fruit, she saw that it was good for food, the lust of the flesh. She saw that it was, um, well, it looked good, and then it was good for food. She was lusting after it. And then she said, and she saw that it was, it would make one wise, the pride of life, right? The devil mode of operation is still the same. Sin is going to come through one of these doorways. It's going to come either through the lust of the flesh, us lusting after something, the lust of the eyes, us coveting after something. Uh, it looks good. It looks like it would do this. It looks like it would look good on me. He looks like he would be good for me. He, it looks like, right? This is the temptation. This is how it works. It's going to come. Sin is going to come through one of these three doors. Then it goes on the pride of life. That means you consider how it's going to benefit you. It's not about God. It's about how this is going to benefit me. It can make me wise if I if I sin against God. This can benefit me. Doing good evil can benefit me. It's not about God. The pride of life, being boastful, being selfish. That is the pride of life. Look at your life. In every area in your life where you're having a problem with a sin issue, it, it came through one of those doors. The lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, or the pride of life. They work together. They work together. This is the purpose of advertisement, to get you to see it with your eyes so you can begin to lust after it with your flesh. Even though you know it's not good, that hamburger sure do look good. Now, you know we're not supposed to be eating that beef all that beef because of cholesterol with all that grease. But it looks good, and it looks like it would taste good. Because everything that looked good and everything that glitter we know is not gold because even Satan himself transfers, forms himself into an angel of life. That's what light, this is what the word tells us, right? Believers, believe. Okay, do you believe this? Because I'm reading this. I am reading. We're going line upon line, precept upon precept. I'm reading it to you. I'm reading it. This is the word. It is God's will. Proverbs, I mean, 1 Peter, chapter 2, verse 15. It says, it is God's will that your, your honorable lives should silence those ignorant people who make foolish accusations against you. Let your light so shine so that when men speak evil against you, they will feel foolish. Right? Let your lifestyle shine. We need to live out loud for Jesus. Verse 16, for you are free, yet you are God's slave. Right? So don't use your freedom as an excuse to do evil. Well, I can do what I want to do. Yeah, because love is choice. It's not force. And God will not force us to love him. He will not force us to obey him. Love is choice. It's not force. And I think the thing that we confuse sometimes is the fact because God will not override our will. We take that as an okay to do evil. Well, God understands. Well, God let me do. No, God is not going to override your will. If You know, I can cuss. I can do whatever I want to right now if I want to. 
right? But my heart, my desire is not to. My desire is to be obedient to my father because of my love relationship and my respect for him. First Peter 2.17, it says, respect everyone and love the family of believers. Fear God and respect the king. Those that are in authority, fear, reverence, have respect for the Lord. First Peter 2.18, you who are slaves must submit to your masters with all respect. Do what they tell you, not only if they are kind and reasonable, but even if they are cruel. For God is pleased when, conscious of his will, you patiently endure unjust treatment. Hmm. Here, we're going to bring this into today, okay? Your supervisor at your job, okay? You, you who are an employee must submit to your, to, your, to, to your supervisors, to those that are in authority, right? With all respect. I'm going to bring it in today's society. Do what they tell you. Not only if they are kind and reasonable, but even if they are cruel. Right? Even if they are cruel. I used to tell my kids, they'd be like, Mom, my teacher don't act like she liked me. I say, she's not paid to like you. She's paid to teach you. Okay? She's not paid to like you. She should like you. You should like kids if you're going to work with kids. But I'm, I'm just, I'm just, I was just trying to prepare them for the real world because we know in this real world, everybody is not going to like you. Okay? So she's there to teach you. Now, if she's not teaching you, let me know. And if she's not, you know, um, for God is pleased when we consciously obey his will. We patiently endure unjust treatment. Remember, the Lord said, listen here. I got you. I mean, you know what? God is a God of justice. And he's turning the tables even now. The last shall be first. And it's, it's doing it right now. They, with the last shall be first. God is a God of justice, and he weighs the balances and the scales. And he says, God is pleased when we do the, when we patiently endure unjust treatment. He's going to fix this. He's going to make things right. He's fixing it. Even now, even now, even now, even now, you got to believe it, and you got to know that God is causing all things to work together.